Well, good evening. This might be a first, I think, uh, that we have the pastor in the study on a Sunday night preaching to you in the sanctuary, just uh, 25 feet or 30 feet away. But uh, there's been a lot of firsts this year. We know that. Uh, um, we've had quarterly board meetings online now using Zoom. We've uh, had elder meetings online using Zoom. Uh, we're doing sermons like this as well. I love the technology, but it is, it's not, it's not the same as standing up in the pulpit and preaching. And so tomorrow morning, I plan to be off the quarantine. I really hope so. And uh, then next week, I could serve right there in the pulpit again. I look forward to that. But we will continue to Zoom our services morning and evening, and I hope that uh, you find this to be a blessing. I know some of you folks, um, especially as the weather gets dark uh, and cold, and uh, sometimes we get a little snow or a little bit of ice or something like that, that getting out on a Sunday night is a little tough to do. Uh, so I thought this would be a refreshing thing to have Sunday um, evening services during the Christmas time. And so I hope you enjoy it. Uh, let me have some feedback from you in time to let me know if uh, if it worked okay for you. If you had problems with this, we'd like to know um, if there's anything we can improve. Uh, the the head you see is the head you see. Um, I, I'm used to teaching online with the classes I've taught at the seminaries and Bible colleges, and and so to me it's it's not uncommon just to have a head on the screen and yet. I know it's a little different than seeing me up in the pulpit. Um, anyway, I want to thank you, too, as well. Some of you have expressed your um, prayers for me and, and my family uh, with the passing of my father this morning. Um, I really wish that he had had opportunity to come here. He, You would have loved to meet him uh uh, I would have loved to have showed off uh, Oklahoma to him. Um, his health has been bad for quite We have really rejoiced in the fact that the Lord has called him home. And now he can see. Uh, and now he can walk. And uh, uh, we rejoice in that. And yet it does hurt. Uh, but um, thank you for your prayers. He is... Uh, a wonderful father. My my parents were a real blessing to me, and uh, both of them are now together before the Lord. Um, he he is an excellent example as well, and I can't I can't say enough. I could fill this entire hour of uh, thoughts concerning my father and and what the difference he's made in my life as a a Christian example, as a servant of the Lord, as one who Truly, truly loved him. Anything he could to to serve him in his own. Uh, my father was good with ministry to widows. Uh, he worked hard in the church. Uh, he was a fix-it man of every single thing you could break. Um, and I broke a lot of things, and he fixed all of them. And so uh, I just thank the Lord for him giving me a father like that, and one that uh, I just tell you I was honored to have. But uh, thank you for your prayers for us, and um, uh, we appreciate that very much. Okay.
tonight, uh, we're going to look at two songs. You just sang them. Uh, it came upon a midnight clear, and I heard the bells on Christmas Day. Like I said, we're gonna, we're gonna use a song, and this is the only time we're actually gonna use two songs in a single service, but they, they went together, and you'll see that as I explain this time to you as well. But it's fun to me. I love, as you know, I love Christmas music, and, and this brings me back to, um, a very comfortable, wonderful place where these tunes are being sung. And that takes me back to the text in scripture that speaks about my Lord. And so we have everything good right here. Uh, I'm going to read to you from Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, we're going to read from verse 8 to verse 20. And it's a very familiar passage, I know. Uh, as I start reading to you this tonight, you're going to notice that I'm reading from the King James Version. Uh, this is the version I knew. Every single year, it was so common to me, um, and I love the way it sounds. So I'm going to read to you Luke 2, 8 through 20 in the King James Version. It says, And there were, in the same country, shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came in haste, and found Mary, and Joseph, and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saints which were told them about concerning this child. And all that the, and all they that heard it wondered at these things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things which they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. When I was a child, growing up in a traditional church, I grew up in a, a small little Methodist church up in Indiana. And uh, growing up in that church, we always had a Christmas pageant, um, Christmas program, different words people use for it. But uh, it was just a reenactment of the uh, nativity. And it was always with us kids. We were the, We were the actors. And I was usually a shepherd. Uh, I was not old enough, apparently, to be a wise man. And for some reason, I always felt ripped off uh, being a shepherd. I I had to carry a shepherd's crook in my hand, and I wore a bathrobe, and I had a towel on my head. And I longed to carry a box of gold or a box of frankincense. I think frankincense would have been my favorite. Um but looking at the Christmas story now, 
I don't think I would have minded being a shepherd. They were the first to hear the good news. They were the first to go and look for the baby. They, they were the first to wonder uh, at the sight of the Lord as a baby laying in a manger. They were the first to wonder how he could be the one who would save us from our sins. They heard the message, and now they're looking at the fulfillment of that message. They were the first ones there to see it. The words of, of Luke's account that we just read here in chapter 2 is, is quite familiar to us. Like I said, uh, maybe it's because we've heard it uh, every December our entire lives. Um, maybe it's because of the speech that Linus gave in the uh, Charlie Brown Christmas. <laughs> you remember the show. You remember the lines. But how can we hear the angel's announcement and not anticipate even the words that were about to be spoken when when we start fear not for behold i and you already know the next word is bring you good tidings we, we anticipate we anticipate because we're so used to what has been said on the page we anticipate these things being said and if somebody doesn't say it that way it surprises us uh, I want to touch upon one phrase in the angel's announcement here tonight, and it was right there in uh, verse number 14, where they said, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. If I was reading to you from the New American Standard Version, you'd be seeing something different, hearing something different, if you're looking at it yourself. And on the earth, peace among men with whom he is pleased. It sounds different. Um, and it's probably not a surprise to you because over the years, you've probably heard him read it both ways. And uh, what's interesting is that little phrase as to how you translate it has been argued about for years by the theologians and the translators. Uh, what is the right way to translate that phrase? Peace on earth? Goodwill to man or peace to whom uh, the Lord is pleased. Peace, by definition, is uh, the correct joining of the parts. In other words, when, when things are all set in the right place, they work right. And I've said that quite a few times, I know, from our pulpit. When things are right, you have peace. But to whom does peace belong? Is it goodwill to men, or is it peace to those who pleases God? And if that's not enough, the theologians also set divisions as to the identity and the arrival of the wise men, or the three kings. Uh, that's an argument, too. The timing of Christmas, was it December or was it not? Uh, the question of whether... Isaiah actually met a virgin in chapter 714, or was he just talking about a young lady? Um, it's very interesting to see all the, the little debates that pop up in the commentaries as you study the Christmas story. And I suppose a sermon really ought to be preached to that point. The, the commentaries need some help, really, to solve their issue. But tonight, I'm just going to let it stand as it is. All right? Even with the lack of peace shown between the scholars. Because that is my point. The question I want to ask tonight is, where is the peace? 
Did the angels speak falsely? Did, were they just being overzealous, maybe, in, in their announcement that the birth of Christ would bring peace on earth? How many pastors, might we guess, actually stare at this text every year? They look at the news, they read the newspapers, they, they see the conditions of our nation, and boy, we have plenty of evidence for this. We ask the question, where is the peace? There are two songs, as you know, that are sung very commonly this time of year. They have beautiful music. They have wonderful lyrics. We hear them. We find satisfaction in the wonderful atmosphere they add to our celebration. But they were not written for entertainment. They were written by two men who had broken hearts because they were seeking answers to that question where is the peace that the angels promised? All right, we're going to have some fun here tonight. We're going to look at those stories as well and then bring it back to this text. The first hymn you sang tonight, it came upon a midnight clear. You go back to 1849. 1849. Edmund Hamilton Sears. He was a pastor of a small church in a place called Whalen, Massachusetts. He was a quiet man, and he had health issues. He was looking at this text of peace and comparing it to the great unrest in the nation at the time. The big issue was slavery in the 1840s and 50s, and certainly it continued to the point of the 60s and the great civil war. Now listen to the words. You've sang them already, but let me break down the hymn a little bit for you and show you what he wrote. First, he brings up the announcement that the angels made. It came upon the midnight clear, that glorious song of old, from angels bending near the earth to touch their harps of gold. Peace on the earth, goodwill to men. From heaven's all-gracious king, the world in solemn stillness lay to hear the angels sing. Now he moves in his, his wording to the fact that this message hasn't diminished over the years. Even though the world is, is weary from its lack of peace, he says, still through the cloven skies they come, with peaceful wings unfurled, and still their heavenly music floats over all the weary world. Above its sad and lowly plains, they bend on hovering wings, and ever, or its babel sounds, the blessed angel sings. I think babel sounds is a pretty good expression for the nature of our world. Now, there were more words, by the way, that are not in our hymn book that, were in, that was in his poem. So I'm going to read that as well, because it continues the story. He says, yet... With the woes of sin and strife, the world has suffered long. Beneath the heavenly strain have rolled 2,000 years of wrong. And men at war with men hears not the tidings which they bring. Oh, hush the noise, you men of strife, and hear the angels sing. Now, the effect of war on the world, the conflict... Is heavy, and he carries on that thought. O ye beneath life's crushing load, 
whose forms are bending low, who toil along the climbing way with painful steps and slow. Look now, for glad and golden hours come swiftly on the wing. Oh, rest beside the weary road and hear the angels sing. The promise of peace, in his words, it has not dissolved. Its ultimate fulfillment is an age that is yet to come. Uh, the day when the Prince of Peace will actually take his place on the throne and rule over the world. And this is what his verse adds to this. For lo, the days are hastening on by prophets seen of old, when with the ever-circling years shall come the time foretold, when peace shall over all the earth its ancient splendor fling, and the whole world gives back the song which now the angels sing. Too often, we, we think the fulfillment of peace will be accomplished by men. I don't know why we do that. I guess it's because we live on this earth, and that's all we think of sometimes. We think that men might come to their senses, right? That, that they might agree that peace is a beautiful thing, uh, a great aim to have, that men will uh, love the prosperity that peace will bring, and war shall be no more. If you have a household of a hundred people, you know it only takes one to remove peace from the room. The reality is that Jesus Christ is the only one who brings peace. He brings peace to our lives as he joins us with God through justification by his blood. This is what he's done for us. You're very familiar with Romans chapter 5 and verse number 1 says, Therefore, Having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. He brings peace to our Christian lives, too. More than just the fact that he saves us, but also we can live in a hostile world. We really can. We can live in an ungodly place. We can continue on because his peace is within us. That was his promise to his disciples. If you remember, in John 14, verse 27, Peace, he said, I leave to you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be afraid. And he says also in John 16, in verse number 33, These things have I spoken to you, so that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation, but take courage. I have overcome the world. We anticipate that all that he has promised, he will do. We're sure of that, aren't we? Everything he has ever promised, he's going to do. Eventually, he will return to this earth to rule. It could be within seven years from now. We understand, uh, according to our our uh, eschatology uh, plan, we get from God's word, the rapture is next. It could be today. I won't complain. If the rapture occurs today, soon was set in the tribulation, seven years. Seven years long, we know that from Scripture. As soon as that is over, Jesus Christ returns. We could be within seven years right now of the day when the reality of the Lord's kingdom of peace will be established on this earth. What an incredible thought that would be righteousness, the reality on this earth. Remember, that was the promise from Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. It says, For a child will be born to us, 
a son will be given to us. And the government will rest on his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. There will be no end to the increase of his government or of peace. Let me say that again. There will be no end to the increase of his government, no end to the increase of his peace on the throne of David and uh, over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness from then on and forevermore. And the zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. What a great promise this is. Are those words that just are beautiful words to be put in a song? That just write on your Christmas card? The reality is, these are the hopes that we as believers in Christ cling to. The world seeks peace. We know where it's found. We know who has it. And we know that it's within us because of him. We have found it ourselves. So let, let us make the point. In our complaints that peace does not exist in the nations. Remember, nations are made up of people. And each one personally needs to come to peace with God through Jesus Christ. Every single person on this earth has the exact same need. And that is a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Peace involves an individual. It, it, it can't be just solved on a world basis. It has to be solved one person at a time through the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I take you to the second hymn that we were looking at, singing a little bit ago, from Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. Yes, the poet. Uh, he also was writing during the Civil War era, just like Sears was in It Came Upon a Midnight Clear. That's why I put these two together. Uh, Longfellow was expressing his own personal conflict in understanding peace. Uh, when the war was in the background of his writing, he had other issues as well that were bearing heavy on his heart. Uh, right about that time, he lost his wife. And from what I understand, it was an accidental thing. I think she was cleaning uh, candles or uh, something of that nature, and uh, caught on fire and died from the the burns. And that was excruciatingly heavy for him. Um, he had a son who was serving in the Civil War as well and apparently was injured severely. I do not know if he passed away or, or if his injuries lingered for quite some time, but uh, those two things alone are very heavy things on top of the world climate and, and the wars that were going on. And, and Longfellow uh, picked up his pen and he wanted to know uh, if the turmoil and the pain of the day had drowned out the message of peace on earth. Now, his original title to the song that we sing is called Christmas Bells. Um, if you were to look that up on the internet, you will find that not only is the word order of our hymn different than the, the hymn, but uh, also that the uh, 
couple of phrases are added to the actual poem that are not in our hymn book. And I'm not even sure we'd want to sing the two extra verses, but I'm going to read it to you anyway. Um, he starts with uh, the tunes we all hear at Christmas time. I, I always picture him walking down the streets in New England somewhere and hearing the tunes being played maybe by instruments or, or such on the street corners or choir singing. Um, and this is what he starts to write. I heard the bells on Christmas Day, their old familiar carols play, and wild and sweet the words repeat of peace on earth, goodwill to men. And thought, how, as the day had come, the belfries of all Christendom had rolled along the unbroken song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Till ringing, singing on its way, the world revolved from night to day. There was a voice, a chime, a chant sublime of peace on earth, goodwill to men. That's what he heard. And suddenly the whole poem takes a whole different air to it. The world takes another uh, look at this. And this is what he says. Then from each black accursed mouth, the cannons thundered in the south. And with the sound, the carols drowned. Of peace on earth, goodwill to men. It was as if an earthquake rent the hearthstone of a continent. And made forlorn the households born of peace on earth, goodwill to men. And in despair, I bowed my head. There is no peace on earth, I said, for hate is strong, and it mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Then pealed the bells more loud and deep. God is not dead. He does not sleep. The wrong shall fail. The right prevail. With peace on earth, goodwill to men. I've always thought that that song was well, probably one of my favorites of all the Christmas tunes. I, I love the hope that's found in that final phrase. In essence, the message of the angels. It was not false. It was not overzealous. Nor are those words that the world and all its sin and strife, that cannot overcome the message. That's not greater than the peace that the Lord gives to us. So often it's the world that gets our attention because it's so noisy and it's so, well, we'd say things like it's in your face. It's right there in all, all its uh, uh, ugliness. And it, we would say, can we even hear what's good anymore? Can we see what's good anymore? Is there, is there peace anywhere? Sin and strife has a way of just gaining so much attention and, and making so much racket. Well, the reality, folks, and you know this, God's word does not return void. Never will. When he sends it out, it always accomplishes what he sends it out to do. When it returns back to him, it brings him glory because it's fulfilled exactly, perfectly. I love that about God's word. When I read it in Isaiah, when I read it in Luke chapter 2, when I read the promises that God has made to us, I am confident that he will keep his word, every single one of them, down to the periods and to the commas and whatever else he had recorded in his word. It is that kind of a word that I'm confident in, and I think you are too. 
over the last 2,000 years or so, this announcement and its fulfillment, there seems to be a big gap between them. And there still may be more gap. The years will keep mounting on. The message will be the same year after year after year. The angel said, peace on earth, goodwill to men. And we're going to be eager to say, when, when is that fulfilled? When, when is it that we will see this? Just because there's 2,000 years, it doesn't disqualify the truth of the statement. Sometimes we think that, well, if it was five years, it's not so bad. If it's 10 years, well, that's not so bad. But 2,000 years? What if it's 3,000 years? Does that mean that God wasn't true? God has confidently stated that there will be a new heaven and a new earth. Remember, we studied that a lot. That's a place where righteousness will dwell. That's his promise. I'm sure of it. You will see it. I will see it. The thing is that when we set our eyes on the world, all right, we will never see peace. We will not see it. We will not get it from our news. We will will not get it from what we see. We will not get it from what we hear. When we're looking to the world, we will never see peace. Peace is not made in a contract between nations. Peace is not legislated. Peace Peace is not bought. Peace is not forced. The best the world can offer is a pseudo peace where some get what they want and others suffer for them to have it. Peace is not defined by culture. It's not gained by power. To sue for peace, what an interesting phrase. It's a contradiction of its very meaning. You know and I know that peace is only through Jesus Christ. Isn't it great to know him? It's only through him because he said it this way. My peace I give to you. He owns it. It belongs to him. We bring up often, after all, he is the prince of peace. Uh, Now, that doesn't mean he's something inferior to a king, uh, but the idea of a prince is a leader. He's the one out front with it. Uh, He is the one who brings it to us. And in only him can we find it. That's, That's a message for our world. We look to the world and say, give us peace. When in reality, we should be saying, we've got it. World, here it is. This is the peace that we can tell you about. You can have peace with God. And that's what Romans 5, 1 says. You can have peace with God. You can have peace within yourself. And you live in a godless world because of the Holy Spirit within you. Remember, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy. What's the third? Peace. That's what he gives to us. Peace is realized by us within ourselves because of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, because Jesus promised to give us that in the midst of an ungodly world, and peace will be realized when Jesus Christ reigns. We will know that. We will see that. And for that, I know we will rejoice. So where is the peace? That's a question they keep asking when they come to a text like this. They said, the angel said, peace on earth. Where is it? Where is it? It's kind of interesting because when I was looking at this just the other day again, and I was thinking about this, and I thought, well, it's kind of obvious. The angels made it clear. Peace was brought to the world 
when Jesus was born. Truly, where, if they're looking for peace and said, where's peace? All they had to do was point to the manger. That's where peace on earth actually was a reality. Truly, he is the answer to peace. That's what we're looking at. Fear not, the angel said. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And it shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swathing clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angels a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace. There it is. Goodwill toward men. Someday we'll work on the rest of this. What do you mean by goodwill? Um, it's kind of funny how we we ask those kind of questions as if it doesn't exist, as if peace doesn't exist, as if goodwill doesn't exist. I know. Again, you set your eyes on the world and you will never find what we're looking for. You've got to set them on Christ. You know that. I know that. We always say that. Come Christmas time especially. We say the reason for the season is our Savior. And we talk about that. But folks, let's let's live it that way. Let's do it more than just words or a Christmas card that has a phrase on it or some sort of beautiful picture or plaque you put up on your uh, wall as Christmas decoration. Um, this year, especially emphasize, and we've got enough reason to feel no peace, but emphasize that you have peace right now because of Jesus Christ. You have peace with God. Isn't that great to rejoice in? And you have peace within yourself in a world like this. You can walk about with peace. Let the world wonder where you got it. They ask you. And then you can explain the source of your peace. I have peace because I have Christ. It's more than just a Christmas message, isn't it? It's a need for our generation. It's our need for our world. And that's what I hope that we will manifest in the way that we live the way that we talk, because we're going to hear the complaints, aren't we? We're going to we're in a world of complainers. Uh, we're going to see the distrust. We're going to see the disharmony. We're going to see that, and unfortunately, it seems like it's going to mount even more. And you say, "Well, how do we do this, Pastor? How do we get on like this?" Put your eyes on Jesus. He's the your, He's your peace. Don't look for it in this world. Don't anticipate that the world will get better, all right? We don't have that promise in Scripture, do we? Not until Jesus comes. Until then, keep your eyes on him. Realize that he's given you something so precious as peace. It's within you now. And someday you'll realize it on this earth when Jesus Christ is here. You cannot have peace without him. That's just the reality. And our world looks for it, and they can't find it. So may it find it in us, you and me. Let's live out lives that show God's peace. All right? Peace on earth. It's in you. This is a fun section to study. I hope these songs come to your mind again this week. You think about them. Go back and look at them again. Maybe even pull them up and, and look at the, all the wording and study them through. They're fascinating expressions of uh, an author's 
wrestling with the Christmas story. I like this one. Uh, we've got some wonderful ones yet on the way. Uh, we're going to close here with a song in just a few minutes, but I just pray that the Lord might bless you this week. Uh, as you go forth, There's we don't know what tomorrow might bring, but we do know the one who made tomorrow, don't we? All right. So may the Lord bless you. Let me have a word of prayer with you. Uh, and then you're closed with your song. And again, I wish I was 30 feet further over uh, where I could see you in person. But uh, this will suffice. And I thank you for your attention and for uh, Evan. Thank you for setting this up so it works so we can do it. Um, Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the peace that we have through Jesus Christ. We are beneficiaries of a precious gift. That comes because we know Jesus. You have done wonderful things. We talked about that this morning. It brings us joy. But it also sets within us a peace. A peace. Things are right because of you. It doesn't mean this world is right and all that goes on around us. But we can be right with you. And we can live in the midst of a very ugly, ugly world knowing that we are with Christ, and Christ is in us. And what peace that gives to us, what, what peace it settles in our hearts and in our minds. There's so much we can study in the word peace. It's loaded in scriptures. It's heavy in places like Philippians 4 and other places that just talk about the beautiful peace we have because we know Jesus. I pray that that will be reflected on our faces this week. As we go about our way, when people see us, let us not be so quick to complain. Let us not be so quick to chime in on the uglies of the world and and um, do our best to, to uh, you know, add to the strife of our day and the babble that goes on. May we just reflect your peace. May it be seen in us. May it be heard from our lips. May it be in our our actions. May they just see that something is different. And when they seek to come to know it and understand it, let us be quick to talk about Jesus. I thank you, Lord, for this fellowship as we're spread out in so many different ways. Just pray that you bless this week and give strength and courage, but give healing to those who are sick and those who are recovering from surgeries. Uh, Keep us still, Lord, as you know how to do in this world. Keep us protected. Keep us strong. Uh, keep us growing in our faith in Jesus Christ. Keep our eyes on him uh, as we look above to where Christ is seated on the throne. And we rejoice in that. And thank you so much for it. And thank you for the blessings of being together in this way. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs>